Warning, this episode contains explicit content. Please proceed with caution. everybody and welcome back to another episode of whiskey sex talk i am your host romeo hi everyone i'm your co-host maria good to have you all back and joining us today from season one is dave and our wellness and kinky coach dana welcome guys to the show thank you What's up, Romeo? It's been a long time. It's been a long, long time. I can tell you that. I We, we miss you. Oh, at least I miss you, Dave. <laughs> it's good to be missed, although uh, things have changed since the last time we uh, we had gotten together. Different coasts, different time zones, uh, different way of life, right? Yeah, you're now in my, where, Florida now? You're in Florida? Yeah, I'm parts unknown, but uh, we'll say that I'm close to uh, South Beach, Florida. So I'm next to the shit show, if you will, but I'm not <laughs> knee deep in it. <laughs> wow. Well, listen, guys, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on for this special popcorn episode. Now, you were probably thinking, what is a popcorn episode? It's just pretty much a roundtable discussion on various sex and relationship topics. And each topic is probably going to last around five to ten minutes. Um, and that's just for our listeners to know what this episode entails. So I'm going to get started. So uh, let's talk about Meet Cute. You know, like, as you guys know, or if those of you guys don't know, no, Meet Cute is a humorous and interesting situation in which two people meet. That leads to them developing a romantic relationship with each other. A lot of us, we can all agree, we know those Meet Cute stories because we see them in entertainment. We see them in film and television and literature, it's just that story where, you know, you see two people, they come into, you know, they, they meet each other in a cute way and form a relationship and, you know, the rest is history. And this is why this is kind of like the the bread and butter, I want to say, for romantic comedies. So I wanted to talk about this. What do you guys think about Meet Cute? Do you actually think that like the Meet Cute does do you think this happens in real life or is it just something that we see in film and television? Is it bad? Is it like, is it bad for society? Is it bad for people? Because, you know, I feel like when we watch these meet cute or we, we know about meet cute stories and films, especially romantic comedies, there are these little tiny expectations that are implanted or they're seated in us. And we walk around this world with these uh, views Absolutely. I actually think that more people should reach out and connect through these meet cute because I do find that a lot of people are more reserved with everyone's on their phone right now. So instead of looking up and trying to connect to others that might be in your vicinity, you could lose a lot of opportunities of meeting someone that might actually just be there. So Donna, you're, Dana, you're saying that uh, meet cute does really happen in, in, in life. Like it's a thing. It's not something that it's fiction, right? That's what you're saying that it's a meet cute does happen. Oh yeah. Do, do, I think it doesn't happen as equal, like as frequently as maybe the movies might want to suggest, but it definitely can happen. Okay. Do you guys have any meet cute stories that have happened to you guys or to anybody out there? Dave or uh, Maria, anything you guys can think of? 
Not was, personally. I have some interesting <laughs> ones, although it's funny with the phenomenon that's going on in certain parts of the United States. You had the reverse of it, Romeo. Like when you'd have, um, you'd have girls or women at gyms, and they start taking up like selfies and videos and trying to do like their influencer stuff. Uh huh. And then it goes, like, the other way around, where they they start noticing that guys might try to offer them like a hand or a spot or something like that. And they come back around and say like, why are you looking at me? Like, why are you gawking at me? Like they take offense to it, but that's exactly what they were there for the, uh, for the attention for. But I, I think at least for me back in the day, um, I thought it was probably pretty prominent with, with certain cities that, that people would congregate for, for bachelor parties or for bachelorette parties. Um, cause obviously you'd have a group of guys or a group of girls and you know, it's the one that's the center of attention, right? The batch, the bachelorette party, but that gave the opposite sex, mm-hmm. the opportunity to just feast and say like, all right, this is a numbers game. Like, let's see what's going on here. And let's do that. Let's do this. Um, you know, living in San Diego, living in LA, being in Vegas and Miami and New York, you, you do get those opportunities to, to crash a party or two and it makes for easy conversation, right? Because everyone wants to have some attention. And at the same time, when you're with those group of people, you know, you're going to be with them through that the entire weekend. So it's always nice to get a little away from, from all of that. And um, I, I did that a couple of years ago at a, at a bachelor party in, in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, it was the same weekend as South by Southwest. And so needless to say, Austin was, was popping and I had walked into this Mexican cantina with 14 guys. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it was a meat market, needless to say. And this was after we had done some ax throwing. And okay. so obviously testosterone's high. Everyone's right. got their chest out, like the whole nine yards feeling good about themselves. But we got to a table and every guy there was babed up, married, kids, the whole smash. And so the entire conversation was planning life or having this with the kids and doing this with the wife. But I'm the only single guy there. So needless to say, I, I just thought to myself, get me the fuck out of here right now. <laughs> oh, um, oh, no. So the, the waitress had come by and, and she had said, hey, you know, what does the table want? What do you guys want to drink? And so I said, hey, do me a favor. Um, can you get me four shots of of Don Julio, please chilled. And so she said, no problem. She came back right away, gave the four shots to me and the guys around me, uh, took them. They took three of the four shots. And so after they took them, I, I said to the waitress, I said, come back and just give them to me, please just give them <laughs> to me. And so she had this puzzled look on her face. And when she did that, like five minutes later, I immediately grabbed them, put them into one hand, and I said, fellas, I'll see you in a little bit. And catty cornered <laughs> me at the table was a table with three women. And so I thought, fuck it. I got a decent chance to at least have a, a good conversation, not family, kid, wife oriented. And sure enough, three good looking women. None of them were from the area. One was from New York. One was from LA. One was from certain parts of Texas. And I had an entire night of drinking and having dinner 
with three women I had wow. knew, known nothing about and ditched the entire bachelor party. It was awesome. That sounds like a great experience. And see, it goes back to what Donna was saying. You got to go out there and, and, and really put yourself in situations where you can develop like your own, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta, you gotta, you just gotta go out there. That's the thing too. Like the reality versus like fiction, which is what we see in television, right? Like here you are, David, you are literally out there you're not on your phone you're not on you're not you're not in a hotel swiping until you get a match like you actually created those opportunities and that's the thing about when i look at like the meet cute romantics like comedies like the stories like when harry met sally like that's a beautiful one of my favorite films but here's the thing is that we all like we all like audit we're like oh my god that's such a cute story i wish that would happen to me i wish that it can happen to you you got to just go out there and put yourself out there and create these opportunities you can't be behind your phone you know so many times nowadays right like i feel like we travel i've been in that situation where we travel to a new city or you go abroad or you go wherever you're with friends and what is everybody when they get to say they check in, they're on Tinder, they're swiping, swiping until you meet that connection. You're not, that's, that's a waste of time. You're wasting an hour, two hours until you find that one swipe. And then it's like, it's just, it, it's such a complicated process that we've created. And I don't think that is the correct approach. Like if you want to have a meek, cute, like story or at least experience, you got to just go out there, man. You got to just put yourself out there and create these opportunities because behind sitting on the phone swiping okay that's cool if you're introverted but if there's a limit to it right absolutely and 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 here's the thing too is like you know there's this there's this amazing instagram account i don't know if you guys are familiar with it but it's uh their handle is meet cutes nyc i've sent a couple of videos to a few you guys and I love watching this. Yeah. This account is like one of my favorite, favorite accounts. When one you... of my favorite stories on there is uh, about um, about the guy who made a joke and said that he bought his wife because her, her, his mo- her mom was selling her for $5. <laughs> well, that was the joke. But the way they actually met is that she was, they both attended the same church and I think they ended up having some kind of church dinner and he said he watched her with her family for two months just from afar and observed her and fell in love with her just by, I mean, I guess in today's world, a lot of people would say, Oh my God, how creepy. Right. But I actually found that to be just so chivalrous and charming that this guy just actually took the time to watch you for a couple of months to see how you are with your family, took his time and then, finally approached this woman and then they got married and they're happy and she obviously appreciates his sense of humor something we lack in this society today i think this i don't know just this um genuine way of approaching people for the right reasons i don't know i'm still all about chivalry i feel like uh, i don't know oh i agree with you women today are just way too um you know, a little too feminist in in my about these issues. In my personal opinion, I like a guy to you know um, pay a little bit of attention and do something genuine and show that he actually, you know, gives a crap. <laughs> you can open well, my all my doors for kind me. Of... Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> 
my husband was kind of like that. We actually worked together before, and he said that he knew that he was falling in love with me when he used to watch me dance up and down the aisles, and he used to watch me just kind of dance from the side eye, and um, it gave him the courage to finally yeah. say, like, hey, do you want to hang out and stuff like that? And when he told me after we were dating, I actually found that very, very romantic. I thought that was cute. I, I liked it. <laughs> it definitely is. That's That's what I'm saying. Like, my question is, when did we come to this, uh, you know, just observing people or, you know, giving it your time or attention has yeah. now become this weird, oh, my God, he's creepy. He's weird. I know the guy actually cares, you know, because when that means he, you know, you caught his eye. Most men, if they just want to have a regular, you know, one on one quick encounter are not going to pay attention to you dancing up the aisles or sitting you know while you're sitting at church at a church dinner with your family for two months so ladies this is something you should probably take note of and cherish well i think it's interesting though because i feel like in today's society not just men but i think even women as well as a, as a collective group i feel like we're operating at a deficit mm. because of, of the interaction it's just not there anymore. And, and Maria, I know you'd, you'd mentioned this, but being in certain parts of the world, just use Amsterdam, for example. I mean, you see people out and about biking, drinking, walking around, engaging, being in museums. And yes, occasionally you make the nice stroll down the red light district or whatever it may <laughs> be, but it is, but it is, it's, it's community, right? And, and in, in today, at least in, in North America, and particularly like in the United States, you can go anywhere. It doesn't matter if it's at a bar, a lounge, a club, a sporting event, a movie theater. You will you can just you can stop for a minute, look around, shut your mouth and just observe and you will see the majority of people on their the phones. phones. On their phones. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, so what I mean by deficit almost use this as an example. It's almost like us as individuals working a 9 to 5 or a job where we're sitting down and then we decide to go work out after. It's the worst thing for you because you go from a static position to being engaged, right? Like trying to move your body, trying to get the juices flowing. But that's awful because you're not warmed up, you're, you're not limber, you're, you're not mobile at all. And so it's the same thing. Like when you get into a conversation where it's like, let's say it's like me and Dana or me and Maria, and I don't know how to approach you or I don't know how, like what a proper tactic is, it's because... I, I haven't been into that position either in quite a while, right. or I'm just not accustomed to it. And so part of that, Maria, goes back to the simple fact that, that the curiosity and the chase, if you will, for, for men is, is lost. And part of it's because the digital world that we're in is that I can treat any woman like a fast food menu, right? You are white, black, Mexican, Asian, your religious denomination, your hair color, your height, your weight, like any of that stuff now just comes at the scroll of my fingertips and all the other interpersonal connectivity about you, I don't know. And I can't find out because I'm not used to asking you questions and I'm not used to trying to engage with right, you in a real right. life environment and, right. and something to you and taking something back. And yeah, you know, for for all that it's good with technology, it does cripple us as a as a, a society because we're not as inclusive and engaging as we once were. And you, right? People are just becoming more awkward. Yeah, being they, people in yeah. a physical space together, right? 
And yeah, and even that awkwardness, I think that people try very hard to even avoid it. So instead of trying to take the proactive steps of talking to somebody in person, it's almost like, oh, it's okay, because everyone's on their phone and using phone, I guess I'll just join that train. But yeah, I agree, like, it's not helping you. And, and here's the thing is, it's what Dave said, like, you lose all this stuff, but what do you lose the most? Confidence. You don't even know. You get. You become so awkward just asking a, a dumb question. You know, you can't even ask for a pencil or for like, hey, hi. Like, there's so much pressure. And as what Dave said, listen, technology is amazing because when we're busy, yes, it's great to use like our 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 Tinder and whatnot because. It just makes the process much easier. But we really also need to be out and about and just doing it. Long are those days where the internet was not around, you know, people really had to, were forced to interact for everything, right? Hey, I need to find somebody. Go to the Yellow Pages. Call. You know, I'm just giving you an example, mm -hmm. but we don't have that. Everything is so easy and we've become so lazy to the point that we're all, a lot of us are, there. we've developed insecurities that are really, 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 um, it's just sad because it's like, we got to take it back. Like we got to start some movement. Maybe they should do like, I'm going nineties. What does that mean? And I've been <laughs> thinking about this for a while. Like I'm going to go nineties, no cell phone, no internet. I'm going to really just plug myself into this world and just interact with people. I've done that. I've been doing that recently. I've been really, the times that I get nervous and I pick up my phone, I'm like, you know, I'm going to put my phone away and I'm just going to see how I can navigate this. Like how I used to when I was a teenager. And, uh, Our are all of us here familiar with a time when we did not have internet? We're not all the same age, so we're well, so young, was, all of us. <laughs> I'm. I turned actually 31 on Monday, so um, I know the dial-up, but it was kind of always there. But we didn't have apps right. or like this Instagram on high school. I didn't have a phone during high school, nothing like that. Okay, but you already you were born. I mean, but I think you already were born into the age where the internet was around. Yes, yes. You, yeah. So I think that, and Romeo, you too. Oh, no, we're, I think Romeo, you and I are the same age. David, I'm not sure how old you the are, same but age. I'm just oh, saying, no. I'm just, the why, why I'm saying this is because I think maybe for the generations that actually had to pick up a phone, you know, that was connected to a wall to call a friend and then physically meet them. We do have a memory of what that was like, so it might be a little easier for us. Um, but yeah, to... remember, like, remember in the States, like, call waiting, like, calling like I'm yes. not call waiting. Like I had my own phone line, my own my own ringtone. I remember like talking waiting, to people, line. like yeah, yeah. just literally talking and interacting, getting to know your friends on a different level. Like now, it's just so weird how you get to know people. Like it's like you know a lot about them superficially. Like like what Dave said, you can get all their information, but like the deeper stuff that you discover when you're really interacting with a person from the initial like uh, questionnaire that you once upon a time used to ask, like all of that's lost. And, uh, I just want to encourage people out there to just really, really, really just, you know, we got to just really plug it. We got to just live, stay in the moment, be mindful. And yeah, I think be present. Yeah. We, and we talk about that, like post COVID, what have we learned? We cannot recover that time. Like that's like COVID mm -hmm. took so much. And what are we seeing now? We're seeing mindfulness and, and, and sexual wellness. Dana, Dana, we've talked about this in the previous episodes. Maria, we talked about it. And we just got to be mindful and really just start to learn how to interact with people. And just, I mean, we, I, we hear it all the time, but it's just so funny when what Dave said, going to a sports event, people are on their phone. You're at a sports event. Like the main no, attraction I, is I like. I saw this meme <laughs> the other day. 
where it was two teenagers on a date and they're sitting side by side staring into their phones. So this is like a modern day date for 15 year olds, you know, scrolling you, through TikTok. Have you guys seen uh, the old school movie, um, A Bronx Tale? What? I think when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. A long time ago. So there's a there's a good rule in that movie in a Bronx Tale back in the day where it was the door test. I'm sure you guys know what the door test is. But for those that don't know what the door test is, it's basically where a man will open up the car door for his date. And he opens the car door for his date. And if his date doesn't open the door for him or unlock the door for him when she gets inside the car in a Bronx tale, the, the basically the, the mentor to the prodigy basically says, if she doesn't unlock that door for you, you need to dump her as fast as you can and, and never look back. <laughs> I, I do okay. feel like, I do feel like it in today's society that when you're on a date and all of a sudden the cell phone comes out for your date, like that's your clue to bolt. Yes. Like that, yes. Great for sure. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think there's no, God forbid, like if it's an emergency or if that person is maybe like a doctor or someone that works in, in trauma or someone that's like a, a civil servant, like a doc, a firefighter or, or a police officer, maybe those circumstances. But as soon as the phone comes out, it, it is, this connection is there. And, uh, I think that needs to come back. But I mean, Romeo, back to your point, I think the, the, the day and age that we're in now, the ultimate challenge is, is social media because I can be engaging with Maria right now. And then all of a sudden we depart. She knows my name. She knows what I look like and what can she do? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram Snapchat, LinkedIn, everything. you know, yeah. everything. And so she's able to look under the hood of me and now all of a sudden she knows something about me, but not a lot. I, right. I mean, flat out, I've worked in television and radio since 2012, 2013. And for long portions of that, when you work in radio, you are not getting paid shit. But when I would go out on dates, women would think, man, you have a kick-ass kick job. Right, you right, right. Media, you do this. <laughs> But the expectation was not only did I have a kick-ass job, but also that I had good a money. A kick-ass bank account. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Could it be further from the truth? And then all of a sudden, they realize, oh, this guy works some shitty hours, too. So <laughs> not only am I not making make good money, but I don't, I'm not accessible. Like, all these things kind of add up. And so... Without knowing the individual, you had those prejudgments of these expectations, and all of a sudden they come way too short, and that's because of social media. Yeah, you know, right. this is what I don't get. Like, we're so desensitized. We're so desensitized, and yet, like, we can't even – like, you would think being desensitized means, like, you're a little bit more alert, that you're in touch with your – emotions and impulses and we see that people are very emotional but i'm saying in the right way right like you're able to pick up like the subtle cues you're able to do this but we're more like look what happened to rachel blisson um bilson i'm sorry recently she lost her mm -hmm. job over publicly talking about her sex life and for and and she was baffled because she, no she didn't she didn't say anything inappropriate. That's that. That's what it was. And 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 here's an example. And, and I'm pivoting away because I, I want to talk about this specifically because I feel like we're talking about like being so desensitized and yet we still can't even talk about certain things. You know, if you guys don't know, but so Rachel she revealed on a recent episode on her 
Broad Ideas, I think that's the name of her podcast, that a job was taken away from her recently due to her her actually making like a public like remarks about sex. And the, you know, she she was on the show, I think, I believe the accused um it went viral and uh pretty much um she said that, and I have it here, a job got taken away from me because I was speaking candidly and openly about sex in a humorous way on her friend's podcast. And uh, Bilson told her guest, Fast X, star Jordana Brewster, I basically got a job that I already had pulled from me because I was speaking openly about sex in this day and age. And she was so baffled. She was, I mean, for me. That's crazy. Here's the thing. It's not even it's crazy. Is that like, how is this even like, I get it. Like if it was like, I don't know, you did drugs or something, but to talk about sex and it goes, uh, go ahead, uh, Dana. Sorry. I was going to say, well, this kind of goes back to what we said about the female orgasm being so quiet and hush hush. And that I feel that it's one of those things that it's such a simple, like, thing to tell a woman, oh, like if you orgasm, that will make you feel better. You'll go around, you'll be, have this energy around you. But it is, I do feel like we do live in a society that wants to control you on that sexual self. And they don't want you to talk about it positively to some degree, like unless, you know, Hollywood is dictating what they want you to think or something like that in their films. Well, that's the thing is that she, and, and, and you're right, because we talk, we've talked about this, I think, in a couple of shows where uh, in the in the past, but literally, she she all she said was she was she was just admitting that she enjoyed the miss missionary uh, missionary sex and more, and it's sad that she after this she said you know I regret like I should have not made that comment. No, girl, stand by what you said. Like don't feel don't let them make you feel guilty because they're taking away her woman like her 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 prerogative to express how she feels. I believe Ken Blackman was on the show. And he talked about, and we've mentioned this, that uh, any time in a film where a woman shows, I believe, Maria, correct me if I'm wrong, where if she's, if, if we see that she's having a full ag- orgasm, that film is automatically NC-17. <laughs> yeah, that's, I believe that's, that's correct. I, I don't know. I mean, Dave, what, David, what do you think about all of this? Like, I mean, like. The fact that we, she can't even speak, and this is the this is the problem that I that I have, and I I want to know like should we be free to talk about sex without any repercussions? I, I oh, think I, I think in today's society it's it's a loaded gun, right? Because everyone that has any kind of influence either has a camera and or a microphone in front of them, and they're subject to all that stuff, and it doesn't even matter who it is because like you and I and everyone here in this room. We can be subject to this conversation to our employees, right? And it, it comes down to who you're working with and and who values what in their in their job place. And so that's that's part of like the risk and the reward. And and yeah, I, I think it's just one of those things now where where if anyone's looking for an excuse, they'll make it with the content that you publish out there. Right, it's like you can take things out of context yeah. and 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 do it. But I feel there is this stigma, though. It just seems like nowadays, and even though although anything goes right, because it seems like we're open and okay with certain things, but with some other things, at least particularly pertaining to sex, 
Like there is this stigma. I, I'm trying to figure out why there is. Like so, and types of stick, like types of sex that we have is stigmatized. Like not even like even with BDSM, it's different right. than with just like the traditional. What someone would say, like missionary type of sex, is like you can talk about that type, but you can't talk about the other types. Right, and I think uh, we we Dana, you are you you're a kink and wellness coach, so you could you could imagine like you know you probably get sized up automatically just because of what you do and, and people probably have a misunderstanding but you and i could only imagine if you start talking about it or you let's say you're talking about it people who are asking questions there's this thing that people might just approach you like whoa you know like she's not there you know it's just everything revolving around sex is just i don't like it i don't and like being it. a woman in that industry and mm -hmm. doing what you do probably might come with some repercussions if people are into stereotypes a lot of people will judge and think that i'm in like sex work when you immediately <laughs> say bdsm or kink like no one actually <laughs> talks or thinks about that you can talk about it on a more psychological emotional or mental level of it and i think that's what surprises people the most is that it is more emotional it is more mental it is all of these things even spiritual like it's not so much about the physical or the sexual act of it yeah i mean for me like Sex, talking about sex, is an, I've always been that person. I miss the days when I used to, like, the 10 spot would come on and I would watch Love Line. I, I, I mean, it's, I, I, listen, I learned from that. You got to learn about sex and you we got to be open about it. Like, I've talked about this. I mentioned when uh, someone, a friend of, of mine was like, oh, my God, dude, you're so, like, like, you know, you're such a pervert. I was like, why? Because of because I'm talking about sex on, on a podcast and – what bothers me the most is that here's not what bothers me. Here's what the interesting is thing is, is that no one will talk about it. But once you start talking about it, people love talking about sex. And it's I love watching people when, we, when you start talking about sex. Pay attention to how people behave and how they act. There is this kind of like discomfort in their body. Like it's kind of like, should I say it? Should, you know, like they, they the way they talk when they're talking about sex is like, I, you got to pay attention to people. It's the funniest thing like that I've noticed. And I, and it, and it goes back to, to this, like here we are in, in, in a time where we're supposed to be talking. It's supposed to be a free society. We're able to talk about it. And here, let's say, let's talk, let's take, let's take, for example, the Rachel Blisson um, incident. She works in Hollywood. Hollywood sells us this stuff. And yet she got fired from a, a potential job. I'm just like We're talking about this on, I think, a podcast that had nothing to do with the job where from where she was fired. I, I, I believe that's the correct information. Right. So. Well, here's the thing is, like, was that in her contract? Was that in her contract? Like, hey, you cannot, you know, like you violated something, a clause that's in her contract. I just want to know. I hope she retaliates, not retaliates, but I hope she really uh, fights this because, or does something about it because it's not, I don't think it's right. I mean, unless it was like, unless it was some sort of like Hallmark film that she was doing about a Christian woman. And then right around unless this, there's some know, information we don't know. That's right. true, but it Anyways. all sounds a little, you think it's if, it, if, if we take it at face value, it does sound a little, uh, you know, definitely a double standard there. Well, especially, especially according to Hollywood, you know, uh, standards where anything goes at this point or they try and make you think so but then when uh, an actual actor it's talks like a narrative that truth, they want to sorry 
Yeah, no, no. I feel like it is a narrative. It's like they want to talk about it, but only how they view it, how Holly, like how this, how they want this story about sex to go out. Right. Which is the means like they can, they can tell us, they can dictate, they can narrate. Yeah. Anyways, I just, I, I, I feel kind of bad because it's like, like, you know, you got to just watch what you say and now, like even now you're a celebrity. It's just, it's sex, man. Like, come on, like whatever. I mean, but it's cancel culture and it's not good for anybody. Cancel culture can go into things where it shouldn't even need to be. This is not something that she should out of or anything like that, but it's, yeah, it's crazy. Well, okay. Anyways. Um, so Dana, you actually brought something up the other day, I think, in the last episode. You were talking about how young people are, there's more virgins now. More pe- more men are virgins that they're, 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 they're just virgins late in life. I think that, is that correct? Like, younger people are having yeah, less sex. Sorry, it's less pe- less males are having sex later in life, but it's also older males are also turning, if you're, like, recently divorced or if they're, um, not looking to go on the market, mm-hmm. they're actually turning towards sex, like sex AI robots. And so it just seems like a lot of males, like at the beginning, like early in their life and later in life are finding that dating is just too much for them. Like it's something that they can't combat. And it, it, I do think that technology is involved with this as well, because it's something like we used to spend 20% of our time interacting with people, but when you, I think we're getting to like 4% now when you look at someone's average work week and the time that you have to go and work and back and leave and like do your chores or anything like that. And it is quite something because I do feel like, oh, men are just going out and having sex with random people and all of this. But the data shows that it's not true. Like that narrative is not true. They're, males are finding it incredibly difficult to enter in the dating world now. Well, there's a lot of pressure. I feel like as a, as a as as a guy now, there's more there's more stuff added, right? Um, I, there was an article. I think I shared it with you all. Hopefully, you guys read it. But like you know, apparently, like young adults are just behaving. They're not behaving like their parents. I mean, they're not drinking as much, and we're seeing that, especially with uh, uh, Tinder's year in review. And, um, I feel like there's so much pressure. You got all this like social, like, you know, social media pressure. People are facing a lot of mental health challenges because of that. And, you know, people living at home with their parents. And on top of that, like people are addicted to like computer, to gaming, social media. And it's just becoming like very, very, very crazy because it's pretty much what's happening is everything is just happening later. Like there is a delay in major life events. Like, you know, your people are moving out of their houses late and, uh, you know, and as far and forging at least like long term romantic relationships like the, these are things that like once upon a time, like we used to tackle them, I want to say at an earlier age. But then you got like other stuff, too. Now, let's say you're graduating from college, like the economy is not working. Like it's just like there is like this economical factor as well, like, you know, like men don't feel confident as well. Like if you're not making good money, like how are you going to go out there and date? Like it's just that you feel inadequate. Like there is this thing to it when it comes to the economy. I want to say not economy, but like me as a guy, like there was a moment in my time in my late twenties where I was like, wait, like I didn't feel confident dating because I was like, well, I'm not where I want to be and I'm not making this. And like, I just felt like not good enough. 
but it seems like I feel like more people are, are, are feeling this way. Well, I agree with you. I think that like we have like a lot of women will come with these high standards of what a man should bring to the table. And they'll say, I, like, I, I need this or that. And, and it's great have standards. But the thing is, um, I think we've fallen away from building a life together with someone. People want to create their lives separately and then just have someone enter it. But when you want to do a long-term investment in a relationship, you need to build together, not necessarily like, oh, go out, create your life, and then go find somebody. So I don't think it's working. I don't, I think it's actually hurting people a little bit. To Well, and the other big problem is access to free pornography. You know, it used yep. to be a day and age when that stuff wasn't free, where you actually had to pay for it, where it was a lot more regulated. And now, you know, it's a click away and boom, anything you want is out there. And I think that's a big problem, too. Is, yeah, that, you know, it, that is. And I feel like in 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 porn is so bad. I've talked about it. I've even had a doctor on the, on the show talk about it. It's so bad. But I feel like. Well, it drains you, but it's just you're you're learning a lot of bad things. And Dana, we've talked about this that porn is not a good way to get an education, sex education, or to go about it. But you know what? Like with all these pressure, like can you imagine? Like you you're taught you're thinking about money. You're living at home. You're uh you're 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 introverted because you're not interacting with a lot of people. Like how are you gonna go out there? Like you know you develop like this. I don't know. Like you might as well just like do it yourself and, and not, and not worry about it. Cause you now everything's so accessible, but yeah, it's creating like this. It, I, I just, I, for me, it's just like, um, I don't know if it's a but bad it, Sorry. Thing. To your point about, per, sorry, can I, uh, to your point about pornography, like even with the AI, like we're going into where we're having virtual friends over real friends. So exactly. we have chat bots and chat therapists, and we have all of these AI technologies that can be your, best friend if you want it to and it does take away a lot of that friction when you are meeting another human being you know here's that is true but why is it that okay so what you said is true but here's what the interesting thing is that i find is that um i believe the there was a sociology professor at uh Rutgers university uh she's the co-author forget what it was but she said that everybody's busy with other domains in life. And researchers are also noted, noting that hundreds of thousands of young adults are identifying as asexual. Oh, wow. <laughs> like the rising computer use may play a role in, in, in this trend. That's what, that's what they're saying. Like you're talking about this, like the AI, all of this stuff, like virtual, you know, the porn industry is going to benefit from like uh, VR and all that stuff. Young adults are increasingly, uh, they're forming their relationships through playing by video games with people that they don't even physically meet. And, and these like distant relationships sometimes interfere with like the formation of sexual relationships. That is the problem. It goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning where you, you know, you got to just go out there. If you want your meet cute story and you really want to like really, really build that confidence, you just got to do it. You can't sit behind, um, technology and expect that some you know someone's gonna walk through you know or build your 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 you know your avatar and think that in that world you're gonna find somebody it's not it's it's not it's not reality 
Well, this is what I was saying was with, you know, people of generations who know a world without the internet and without technology, we can think back to that and see the benefits of having a time like that. But the young adults who will, you know, become parents who grew up with the internet and who were born into this age where it was already, you know, full on and full swing, they can't remember a time where it didn't exist. They have no recollection or any idea of what that was like. So how, you know, how are these parents going to parent their children if they were fully, you know, the, the, the parents who are kids who grew up with the internet will be raising kids who are growing up with AI and all of that. And it's going to be, I think, if you're not aware of this, it's going to become increasingly hard to raise generations that are, you know, willing to actually physically interact because we're so quickly being catapulted into this age of where technology is basically, you know, at the forefront of everything we do. Yeah, I think it's like, you know, we're, we're advancing in one area, but yet like the one thing that makes us all happy and let's just be honest, which is sex. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna coat, uh, sugarcoat it here is like, you're advancing Think in technology, yourself, but yet man. like, <laughs> no, but I'm saying like, here we are, I'm we're kidding, like, I'm we're like at, at a moment in time where everything is moving so fast. We're advancing with technology, AI, porn is changing. Everything is changing. Like we're, we're bombarded with everything, but yet like we're so like people are not having sex as, as they should, or young people are not having sex. Now, maybe some, for some people be like, Hey, that's great. But like, it's not gonna, it, I don't know. I just, it's, they are it's kind of even just with themselves or with robots. <laughs> well, I feel like people are distancing away from just connection in general. Like it's, we're scared to like hug again and just the, the body to body, skin to skin contact body really, really does need that. Well, you know, you're right. And it's, and when, and when you lack that, when you're lacking like just interaction, right? Because interaction can lead to potential partners that you could possibly date or whatever it is that you're looking for but when you're when you're not interacting when you're worried like let's say about you're living at home and you have all these stress factors how do you go about in the world you just got to go out there and just be you um you know the fact that like what i found interesting about something and i want to read something to you guys more than half of californians ages 18 to 30 with incomes below the federal poverty level at, at, at the time, about 12,900, that's what they're making for a single person reported having no sexual partners in 2021 compared to a third of the highest income residents. So I mean, I want to say this because there, we're living in times where money making money is just, it's getting expensive. And I've had conversations with guys and a lot of them are like, I'm not dating. And I'll ask them like, why? Well, I'm not in a, in a financial position to do so. There is this like confidence factor clearly that ties into, uh, to in, to income, but you can't let that like, like, you know, not, you can't let that help me here. You can't let that like be the obstacle that you're not going out. I wish that wasn't an obstacle that they didn't have to deal with. But again, I do feel like women have this thing where it's like, you need to come with like, if I'm making this much money, then you have to make this much money, if not more mentality. And sometimes that's hard. I, I hate saying it, but it's, it was something I did for the longest time. And I don't know how 
prominent and frequent it is now, but like the old saying goes, you chase what flees from you and you flee from what chases you. Mm. And it, it, it goes back to, you know, like my younger days, you always felt that you never wanted to be too available for somebody. And if you were too available for somebody, they would take that for granted. And so when you talk about like the economic component, when, when I was flat broke and starting in radio and starting in television, I'd pick my spots, not to date, but to be available to date. Right, right. And I would work my ass off, but I wouldn't become so available, even though I had downtime, I just wouldn't make myself available. I would just be like, I can't do this or I can't do that. And so that saves you like a little bit of money. I do think the one element that probably isn't discussed as much and maybe not even acknowledged if you can, at least on the, on the female side, but definitely for males is the, the chemical component. Like when you guys talk about, about pornography, it's that, it's that instant hit and release of dopamine. Right. Right. Other element though, is men's testosterone, men's vitamin D and, and food consumption right. or any kind of consumption for that matter. So when you talk about like, you know, the blue lights and, and the goggles and the glasses that you're wearing, your sleep, your sleep patterns, how much sun you're getting. Are you eating food out of plastic? Are you heating it in plastic? And then what other crap you're eating? Um, we, we talked about this before we came on the air today is that you can get a whole bunch of food in Europe, eat like crap and never gain a single pound. But if you come to the United States, you eat moderately decent, you're still gaining weight. And I think oftentimes people don't look internally at what their consumption is. I found this out the hard way, like five, six years ago, I had seen my doctor just for a regular exam. And this was after I finished working out. And I said, man, I feel flat. And he's like, what do you mean flat? And I'm just, I said, I feel like foggy. I feel listless. I had new juice in my workout. And he said, are you sick? And I said, no. He's like, do you have any of these symptoms? I said, no. And he said, let me do a diagnostic on you, like a full comprehensive blood workup on you. And he did everything from you know, cholesterol and triglycerides and ADL, HDL and LDL. And then all of a sudden he dipped into my testosterone and my vitamin D levels. And my vitamin D level was like at eight and a male testosterone level for my age group is 220 to 880. Man, mine was below 220. And he's like, wow, you are abnormally low for a male of your age. And um, I said, hey, give me 60 days. I don't want to take any supplements. I don't want to take any injections, like none of that stuff. I immediately fixed my vitamin D level. I changed my sleep patterns and then my diet. And then all of a sudden, like in 90 days, my testosterone ramped up. And so part of the engagement or like the want to with a woman, yeah, like the dating aspect is a challenge. But internally, if the want to is not there because you have no internal thrust if you will no pun intended but if you have no jump in your step then you just can't go and the motivation to engage is not there it's like anything else in life whether you're chasing a, a career a woman a man whatever it may be if you don't have that motivation you got to look at the the chemical makeup inside of you too and and you you said it you said that amazing uh david and you know, we have to really make that time 
You really have to, if you really want to be happy, you got to exercise. You got to exercise. You really got to put your health first. It Listen, everything can be falling apart. You cannot have a, you might not be dating. Maybe you're not economically well. You're living at home. You're not making money. You're, you know, you're probably, let's say you're a gamer. But the one thing you can control is what you do with your body. Like, get your ass in the gym. Start pump, eat well. Like, you can, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to just really be uh, mindful of, like, how what you put in your body, how you're allowing things to affect you. Um, there's, there's this one thing that I, someone told me once upon a time that, like, uh, Let's say you're oh uh the you could be broke but the one thing you control is going to the gym. You can work out. If your body looks good, you can put some old shirt and that will still look good and that is that'll keep you healthy, mentally fit. And a lot of people like we like to blame the blame game or we become victims too fast for everything. And it's sad to see that such young people are becoming are are having less sex. To me what that's interpreting is we're not interacting enough. It doesn't, it's not the sex part. It's not the sex part. We're not interacting. We're not seeing it. Dave said it earlier in the show. He goes to a game. People are on their phones. I hate that. Like, what? what's wrong? You're at a game. The game is right there. Or what happens? People are on their phone, but they're recording. They're, they're looking everything through the phone. I'm just like, wait a minute. Like, what's going on? Like, you know, um, it's not, I think uh, it's kind of interesting reading this because, uh, the article that Tinder published says that like, uh, you know, young people are dating. They're more serious about dating, but then you have this other component that they're serious about dating, but everybody's hiding or everybody's just not interacting. And that is this, that is something you're not going to be able to like, time's going to go by and you're going to look like, what did I do with my twenties? Oh, I was playing video games. I was at home. I was depressed. Like, you know, I was just, it's all this stuff. Like you got to just get over it. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. We hear this and, uh, it's just, it's crazy. Well, that's a good point actually uh, to add on to physically taking care of yourself. There's also, you know, being able to take care of your thoughts and your mind and figure out maybe what's going on up in there. That's also causing certain things in your life, right? Because we as humans, we're given the opportunity to become more socially and emotionally intelligent. And it seems like that's, you know, definitely in many ways on the decline right now. To me personally, I, as a psychologist, I see these issues with the youth. They are just not, they're just unable to, I don't know, simple, they're unable to complete simple tasks and do right. simple things. Just sometimes leaving the house or going outside or applying for a job or even making your bed. You know, these things become, oh, I'm depressed. I'm this, I'm that. And, you know, it's you really have to take care of your thought process and figure out, you know, if, if you see these early signs, this is the time to pay attention to this stuff. And, uh, you know, take care of what's going up on, in your head because these negative habits can form so quickly. And then you go into these loops about, you know, yeah, blaming the outside and this and that. But um, there's a lot you can do to stay aware and mindful. Um, all the information is out there these days. Thankfully. Well, it, Bef- it, yeah. it almost seems like it's too much. It's funny. It, it Sometimes it seems to me, you know, we, in the day and age, we didn't have the Internet. People seem to be in, in 
in different ways a lot more stronger. Now we have all of this access to mental health and all of this stuff, and yet it's just plummeting. Yeah. Despite the fact well, that there's, there's no all accountability. This yeah, that's true Sorry. too. I don't think that we have accountability in these conversations. Proper as accountability as it needs right. to be right. there. Yeah, because we're all walking on eggshells, and and like everybody's so sensitive, but yet desensitized, yeah. and yet not able. It's like we're, we've become. Um, not we're not social anymore we're social in the most in, in a different way you know like i want to say we're silently social <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense like we're we're interacting socially text things like we know how to do that that we know how to do but when it yeah. comes to we got to listen if you want your meet cute story or you you want to have those things that you see on television or you want to have a real genuine connection with a human being that can possibly lead to something else. You got to just get out there and just create these opportunities because from that confidence comes with that. Like you'll develop confidence. You'll learn how to do things. You'll, you'll, you'll regain a lot of things that has we've lost that now it's like, how do I, you know, like when I was younger, I was so social. I was like homecoming King of my high school. And I, even me, I feel more like I've become more uh, introverted. And a lot of it has to do with the technology and the stuff that I've picked up that I've allowed to be part of my social interaction. And that's not the correct way. Um, I love interacting with people. What's better, what's better than having a human being in front of you and talking to them and connecting with them and just removing everything. And that's what I'm saying. Like we got to just go out there and really create these opportunities because from that, once you connect with someone, then you can sexercise, you know, and really, really, really <laughs> be truly happy. We're running out of time. Any last words from anybody? I, I think for me, a parting shot, at least for younger people or people that are able to do it now. I think one of the things I, I wasted a lot just in my 20s was, was when you'd go to like the stupid bachelor parties only in Vegas because they're 45 <laughs> minutes away from L.A. Yeah, I, I was guilty of that all the time. But if you have the opportunity to get up and go, yeah. you got to travel. Like you have to yes. travel. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've been, I've always had a fear of flying, but I love to travel, which is stupid, right? But trains and boats and cars and all that stuff. I've been to 26 states in the U.S. And over the last seven years, I've had the itch where I finally had to travel internationally and I fucking love it. I love like the environments, like stuff that I'm not even into, I will go do. And part of it's just my nature. But if you can just get up and go and spend like a week or 10 days, either by yourself or with loved ones and just go see things and you'll run into people randomly and you just never know what you're going to, you're going to pick apart. And I think that that provides more, more fruit to your life than, than just being at home or in your hometown because anyone could stay home right like right. anyone could stay in their home city anyone can stay in their own time zone but if you have the ability to get out of your own environment and get out of your own comfort zone do it drink something yeah. bad eat something fattening go on a long walk go to a mysterious like do odd stuff and make mistakes because you know like that's time life is not that's life well said dave well folks that is it for today's episode. I am your host, Romeo. And I'm your co-host, Maria. Thanks for being with us today. And a huge special thanks to our guests, David and Dana. Thank you guys for being on the show. 
And ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Till next time.